great job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, Love Addiction Coach and Trauma Specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that you are doing so well wherever you are and feeling loved and supported and taken care of. I'm recording this on Juneteenth, so happy Juneteenth to everyone. (laughs) That is our day, and I hope that you had a wonderful day. If you're one of the lucky ones who got yesterday off, I hope that you turned up or that you rested or you did whatever you needed to do that made you feel good and made you feel free and liberated. So I... Loved this past weekend. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to say we had another Houston meetup and we've had a couple now. We have met at a few cafes, which I'm not going to say the name of because it's not really going to mean a lot to people who are not from Houston. But we had another one this past weekend and it was our biggest turnout yet. And then we had so many other women who registered who weren't able to come. And so I am just really excited to be back outside to be getting to know everyone, to really be connecting names and faces. So thank you to everyone who came, who made connections. I hate that I wasn't able to go out to dinner with those of y'all who made different friendships and really connected because I had to go and do mom duty. But I really look forward to us seeing each other again, doing our healing circles and also bringing this community and connection to other places. So thank you to those of you who have told me different cities that you would like to start building chapters and circles and things in around the topics that we teach here around other women who are like like minded who want to build community who want to build sisterhood i'm really excited about what the future has to hold for black girls heal and for the women within and you are all a part of that so i just wanted to express some gratitude before we get get into today's episode thanks for listening to this week's podcast before we get started let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So you've heard me share about my journey with vitamin D and how a deficiency was causing havoc in my life, causing depression that was not helped by therapy, emotional support skills, and other resources that I had access to because the source was organic and coming from inside my body. And it was only by healing my body with vitamin D supplements that I actually saw change. And I'm not alone with me being part of the 82% of black women in America who struggle with the vitamin D deficiency due to our melanin not being able to synthesize as much vitamin D from the sun. But Black Girl Vitamins is a proud black owned brand that develops vitamins to address the specific needs of black women like iron and vitamin D deficiency. Each purchase contributes to a scholarship fund that supports black women pursuing healthcare education. Plus they're vegan friendly and free 
free from harmful additives. Try Black Girl Vitamins to see improved health in areas such as energy, fertility, and pregnancy support, balancing your blood sugar, and more. Get 10% off your first order with the code HEAL10 at blackgirlvitamins.co. That's B-L-A-C-K-G-I-R-L-V-I-T-A-M-I-N-S dot co and use promo code HEAL10 to get $10 off. Take control of your health and level up your summer with Black Girl Vitamins. It's time to make this summer your healthiest one yet. I have started a couple of city lists, like I said in last week's episode, for those who are interested in building, being a part of this community building efforts, whether or not it's just our meetups or being notified when I do workshops in your city, which there are a couple more cities coming up that I'll be visiting, which I'll talk about at the end of today's episode. But uh, if you want to be a part of that outside of just the listenership, just email us at support at Black Girls Heal or hello at Black Girls Heal and we will get you connected. Uh, Let us know where you are and hopefully we can add you to our database. So that is my positive intro because today's episode, we're going to be talking about some things that are a little bit sad or a lot of bit sad and really can bring up a lot of grief. Today, I'm going to talk about what it looks like to allow those who want to leave connection with us and leave community with us and leave relationship with us, what it looks like to allow those who want to leave to leave. And, you know, I talk a lot about setting boundaries and being clear about what you want and you moving away from other people. But what happens when you're the one who is being moved away from? Whether or not it's that you're in agreement with it and you also see that a break needs to happen. What happens when it's the other person who's initiating it, the other person who is not open to resolving it? When they have decided for better or for worse, whether or not it's based in their own trauma, something you actually did that caused a rift or a miscommunication that hasn't been resolved or y'all growing apart, what happens when the other person is choosing to leave you and you're catching up to where they are? What does it look like to live in that sadness and, and again, the grief and, and the unexpectancy of it? Today, we're going to talk about that. Today, we're going to talk about Four things to keep in mind when this happens. And I think this is really important because all separation, even when it's for good, can have notes of of these really sad feelings. You know, whether or not it's disappointment that something didn't work out, whether or not it's feeling that it's unfair, whether or not, again, it's the grief from being really connected to someone or something and it's now being taken away from you, that's really common. And it can really trigger our abandonment wounds, our rejection wounds for those of us who are already really, really sensitive and scared around, is love available for me in all forms? Platonically, is it possible for me to have good and healthy friendships? Is it possible for me to have good and healthy romantic love? Is it possible for me to actually build a family if I come from a family where people are always, you know, against each other or infighting or separated or I've been the black sheep and here I go losing family members again? What does this look like for for us? And so I really wanted to talk about this from that perspective and hopes that if there's anyone here who's going through seasons right now where your relationships are being revised, that they are being cleaned out and they're not being cleaned out because you initially have have asked for it, but it's because 
what happenstance has given. You know, I, I can think of many times when I have had, especially back when I was, you know, pre-learning about love addiction and still very much in my people-pleasing, codependent patterns, when I would be connected to boyfriends or or situations where it was like, I knew that this wasn't it. And I would be like, I'm not strong enough to let go. And I would pray and pray for for the strength or for something to happen. I would pray to God, you know, please help me because I'm not strong enough to let go of this. And then the break would happen. Yes, is what I may have prayed for, but that doesn't mean that sadness doesn't come with that. You're praying and you're asking God, you're asking your higher power, asking the universe to clear out all of the people, all the things, all the situations that may have been in your way and may not be good for you. And you're expecting it to look like this, but it actually looks like some other people and situations that come and clear out. And again, that may be what you asked for, but to actually go through that, especially if it's people who are unexpected, that can feel very, make you feel very alone make you feel very scared. And especially, again, if it happens because it's a lesson that you have to learn, like maybe, and and I'm kind of getting into our topic, so I'm going to transition into us talking about the four things for you to keep in mind. But if it has to do with it being something for you to learn and to grow from, maybe it's something about your own character, your own ability to show up in relationships, you know, again, it's a good lesson, but going through it doesn't make it any less painful. So Let's go ahead and jump on in. Things, four things for you to keep in mind to allow those who are wanting to leave you to leave. So one thing for you to keep in mind before we even get started is not everything has a resolution. Not everything has a resolution and that may be something for you to accept. Now, I am a resolution girl. If I find out that someone is upset with me or mad with me, even if I feel like it's something that probably needs to have a break or a rift in, I am someone who needs to, like, needs (laughs) to have clarity. I need to have us on the same page. I would prefer for us to come to a place where we can both have our sides shared and heard. And if we still need to disagree, if we still need to need to have space, if one person still has the feelings that they feel that they were wrong by the other person, at least, at least both sides are heard. And so, and I also really believe that because I really want that because I know that I try to work from the best of intentions. And if there's something that I have done that I need to learn about and, and, and change, I want to hear it. And if there's something that I have not done, but it's a miscommunication, especially if it's someone that I care about, I really want the opportunity to fix it. I really want the opportunity to make it right, to apologize, to make amends, whatever it may be. And so one thing that I have had to learn, unfortunately, that goes under the same umbrella as not everybody is going to like you. I mean, this, this is a cousin of it, but it's, it's still under the same umbrella of acceptance and accepting that sometimes relationships don't work out is that there's not always a resolution. That sometimes relationships, connections, friendships, romantic partnerships, that there are things that happen that are not repairable. And they're not repairable because y'all actually do not have mutual ground to stand on when it comes to this. There isn't a compromise that can happen that won't break either one's boundaries. It could be because one person is unwilling to listen to the other side or unwilling to forgive or unwilling to 
not hold a grudge. And that's, there's no judgment that I'm going to give in today's episode about that. You know, sometimes it is because someone is being really obstinate and and stuck in their anger. And sometimes it's because something has happened that is a very hurtful offense. It is something that does and would require time and space for that person, even if your boundaries are different, that they would want to have space from. And just because your tolerance level is different than theirs does not mean that it wasn't as hurtful to them. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes, and this is definitely one of the points I was going to get to later, so I'm going to repeat this as a heads up, but sometimes what your threshold is for for pain, for disagreements, for misunderstandings is a lot higher than the person that you are in relationship with, friendship, romantic partnership, family, other or otherwise, or vice versa. Sometimes they can, you know, tell jokes, have misunderstandings, have boundary breaches that is a lot higher that but for you, you're like, that doesn't work for me. And I need to be in friendship and in a relationship with someone who who can respect that. And I think that's important to say, because when we're looking through our own perspective and we're seeing what somebody else's boundaries are, it can be very easy for us to label them as being too sensitive. We can label them, especially with the language that we talk about here. We can say, well, they're just being avoidant. They're looking for a reason. We can say all these things. But the truth is, when we're looking through our own eyes and our own experiences, it's going to be biased, even with the best of intentions. And sometimes it does take time, maturity, growth, continuing to learn for us to be able to see something from the other person's perspective. And again, it could be it could be that they grow and they're able to over time see things from our perspective and have a little bit more grace and openness or is on our end. And we can see what was their boundary that we before thought was way too much or, you know, you're you're being unreasonable, whatever it may be. And we can look at that and say now with more maturity and growth, be like, you know what? I mean, I've liked it in the moment and I might not even like it now, but where I am now, I can understand it a little bit more. Or, you know, I understand exactly why they did that and they needed to do that. And I've grown because they have set that boundary for me and they felt like they needed to leave or put space in this relationship. So going back to the main point that I want to share, though, is if you're like me or even if you're not like me, let's say you're someone who maybe for the most part, you can deal with unresolved issues. You can deal with lack of closure. You know, you're someone who can move on from different relationships easily, but with the ones that you really do care about, like the little, the few that are within your inner circle or the few that you've allowed to really hit that part of your heart, those are the ones that are very hard for you to let go of and and not move on from. Even with those, sometimes there's not a resolution at all or not a resolution immediately. And for you to find peace, you're going to have to come to a place of acceptance for that. That sometimes people need time and space. Sometimes they are not willing. Sometimes they see things that you don't see. Or sometimes this is something that is happening outside of you. Like this is an external force that's like, hey, this is the chapter. This is the end of the chapter. And maybe they'll 
make a recurring visit in the future and future chapters, or maybe this is it, but what can you take from this place right now? What lesson can you learn from where you are right now? The second thing for you to keep in mind when you are trying to get to a place of, of healing and allowing someone who wants to leave your circle, leave your life, leave relationship with you when you're trying to, to come to grips with allowing the person who wants to leave to leave is to come to an understanding within yourself that sometimes the person who wants to leave and the circumstances under which they want to leave, if you're aware of them, if they've told you, if you've seen things play out, sometimes the circumstances either will feel unfair or be objectively unfair. Like it's not a matter of opinion, but the thing that has caused this breach that is really hard or impossible to find resolution around right now, sometimes it will be unfair. And that can be so, so painful and so hurtful and overwhelming. And it can make you really angry and it can make you want to fight even more because you can clearly see that it's not right. And you can clearly see that this can be or should be cleaned up. And the fact that it's not being so just adds on to the to the pain of the situation. So examples like, you know, I've already talked about being able to have a resolution conversation. Let's say you weren't able to talk with the person. They didn't want to talk to you. Maybe, maybe they passed prematurely. Maybe they listened to other people who were involved in the situation and they didn't give you a chance to say your side. Or maybe they did, but you, they just didn't care. They didn't want to hear it. And it feels very unfair. Maybe, again, their boundaries are different. And where you are right now, you feel as if they are being, their boundaries are a little bit too much or they're, they don't make sense or they're unfair or it's too high of a standard or they were looking for a reason to separate from you or they're projecting their stuff onto you. Again, you know, sometimes, sometimes what you think and what you feel is happening is true. And sometimes what you think and what you feel is happening feels very true. But with time and experience, you can add another perspective to what you're actually feeling. But either way, in the moment, sometimes, you know, some of us really need to be right. And that's one of our, our downfalls that always needs to be the one that the other person is able to say, you know what, I thought about it and I see your point of view. But sometimes when it comes to these relationships that we really want to really want to to save and to protect, you know, that pride and ego gets out the way. And it's like, you know what, at this point, I don't even need you to say that I'm right. I just need you to come back. I need our friendship to be better. I need us to be okay romantically. I need my mama back. I need my daddy back. I need whoever it is that I'm having conflict with. I just need us to be okay. And so it can feel or it is very unfair when you feel like that person based on whatever it is they feel like they need, is telling you that they cannot forgive you for not being able to show up in the way that they want you to. And so that can be very disappointing on the fact that not only is there a separation, and this is someone that you cared about, feeling like you disappointed them, feeling like the shame or the guilt of not being able to make it right and to make amends to them because they're not willing, because you don't, you can't be in contact with them, whatever it may be. That can be really hard. Also, let's say another reason, another example of a situation that feels very unfair or that is can be objectively unfair is if you're the target of a smear campaign. 
So, you know, one of the examples I gave earlier is, let's say there were other things that were being said about you. So for those of you who don't know, a smear campaign is when typically a narcissist, but someone who you have, you know, had, had a conflict with, someone that you maybe have set boundaries with, someone who that you have just basically, you've had a falling out with, goes out of their way to go and tell all the people in your mutual circle, maybe even people in your family, maybe even people at your job, but they do everything that they can to smear your name and your reputation to other people. So they go and they tell their side of the story that is very skewed towards them being the victim of what happened, you being unreasonable, you being mean, you being selfish, you being whatever. And they paint a very big and exaggerated picture of what happened and they leave out a lot of details where they are the innocent one. And again, they do this to hurt you. They do this to cause separation. They do this to make other people choose their side over yours and to double down on the pain that started the whole falling out process in the first place. And the thing about smear campaigns is that the people who launch the smear campaigns is they typically are operating off a different code than you are. They are very willing to not only go down dirty and deep, but they are they are diligent <laughs> and they are very good at being very go- going in depth with the amount of people that they connect to. They will find anybody and everybody that they can, even the cashier at the grocery store. They used to check y'all out all the time and be like, yeah, you know, me and Sarah, we broke up. And, you know, you know, I found out she was cheating on me and just tell this whole long story to where there's no safe place around you. And so that is very unfair. That is very unfair to have your name, your sense of safety in regards to emotional safety, mental safety, your social community and safety be taken away from you. And it's even more hurtful when the people believe the person who's doing the smear campaign when they choose their side, when they go and question you about it or they don't question you at all and they start to treat you differently and they don't answer your phone anymore and they don't really want to talk to you. And then it's like, well, do I go around and and talk to everybody I know to tell them to plead my case, which makes you look more guilty (laughs) and makes you look more crazy. It makes you look more at fault to go and launch this, this retribution against them. You know, it makes it sound like you're really just making things up, even though they were the ones who made things up. And so that feels very unfair. But let me say here before I keep going on, something that I've had to learn and I'm learning by being a victim of smear campaigns and smear campaigns, again, by people who you're, you're really close to. And watching people who have known you either the same amount of time or longer go and forget everything that they know to be true about you to go to the side of this person who is obviously, a lot of times they're obviously someone who has had a track record of maybe not being on the right path, (laughs) but still seeing them choose their side and just completely forgetting everything that they know about who you are and what you've given and everything. That is his own sense of betrayal. It's the, it's the betrayal from the person who's launching the smear campaign in the first place, but then also from people who you would hope and expect that they would know you and know you through and through and protect you and defend you and be on your side. And so to see that not happen is so defeating. And a few things that I've had to keep in mind and do to cope with that is one, 
being very clear and very true to yourself and taking a lot of time to not only just internally say to yourself, but even vocally out loud in the mirror, you know, make a recording and talk to yourself, write a letter to yourself, but to remind yourself of who you are and to shift the focus from external validation to your own internal validation and and reminding yourself of what the truth is, you know, and you get to decide what the truth is. You've heard me say on this podcast before, the only reason or only time that people can actually make you feel bad is when they tell you things that you secretly believe is true about yourself. So if you have a narcissistic parent who is constantly calling you selfish, the only reason that that would actually hurt you is if you believe that you're selfish. And so they're, they're playing on an insecurity. But if you change that thought around from I'm a selfish person and me having needs is bad and I want too much and maybe I do only think about myself. If you switch that to starting to validate the fact that it's okay for you to have needs, it's okay for you to have boundaries, that you want and desire the appropriate amount of attention. And if someone can't give it to you, that's on them. It's not on you. Like if you start to focus on the truth according to you, that really helps. The second thing that I've had to learn and come to grips with is, you know, a lot of times these people that you're like, so I'll speak for myself, but I think that many of you can relate to this. A lot of the times the people that I felt so hurt that they would believe something that was untrue about me because they should have supposedly known me, that the only people who actually believe this are the people who actually weren't for me from the first place. (laughs) So these are people who really were not either in my corner or maybe I was closer to them than they were to me, that their sense of loyalty did not run as deep as maybe mine did to them, that my, my values and the ways that I go about checking the facts and screening information and trying to expect the best of people is not the standards that they operate by. So when they got information that kind of fed into gossip or drama or negativity or believing something bad, it didn't take a lot to sway them because they were never truly in my corner the way that I needed them to be. And I could look back at different circumstances and situations and be like, huh, maybe maybe we weren't always mutual. Maybe we weren't always on the same same team. And, you know, that was sobering. And that was also hurtful to go and have to replay all these situations and just realize that, you know, you thought that a relationship meant something, but it didn't. But when it comes to clearing out space in your heart and clearing out space, As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. 
In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. When healing from an intimacy disorder, one of the first things you have to do right after getting clear on your patterns of addictive behaviors, avoiding behaviors, and living in deprivation is clearing out the roots that caused it, clearing out the experiences, the traumas, the narratives that have kept you stuck all of these years. In my signature coaching program, The Recovery School, you have the opportunity to reveal the sources of low self-worth, to learn about how old roles in your family have resulted in codependency, shutting down, and not letting others in, and also to learn how to talk to and connect to your inner child in a way that is soothing and healing. This is the next step to reframing the old stories that have plagued you for years to evolve to being a healed and loved woman and having access to the love and the relationships and self-worth that you've always wanted. Learn more and get started by going to therecoveryschool.com. Again, that is therecoveryschool.com. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Your life for people who are going to be your true blue ride or dies, true friends, the people that you can have conflict and connection with, that you can have misunderstandings, but still come back together. That's worth it. Like that is true love. That is where safety comes from. That's where the security comes from. Not from the numbers. You know, the person who has the most friends and family around is not the winner. If the, if those are people that you can't trust, if those are people who don't trust you, if those are people who y'all don't actually have a mutually a mutually engaged intimacy. If one person is more into it than the other person is, it's always going to be off balance and it's always going to be unstable. And so clearing those people out is a gift. And it may not feel like it at the time because, you know, you have all the history and you have all the memories and you're, and you may be losing either a big portion or a small portion of your community in your life. But in a way that narcissist is doing you a little bit of a favor. And all the chaos and all the, the drama that they are doing to try to burn your, your life down, you know, they, in the same way that sometimes people will set forest fires to clear out the trees and the debris that's not supposed to be there so that new growth can happen is an intentional moment of chaos and destruction. Maybe that's what this is, an intentional moment of chaos and destruction to clear out space for, for the flowers. Just clear out space for things to actually bloom for you. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. 
My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. So this all goes to point number three uh, for you to keep in mind when it comes to allowing the people who want to leave, leave and come into a place of acceptance. And if I haven't already doubled down on this, uh, let me double down, let me triple down, quadruple down <laughs> and just say that allowing people who want to leave under the circumstances I'm talking about today will not feel good. I'm, I'm sharing this episode for the people who are leaving that we aren't like throwing confetti and being like, good, good rhythms. And, you know, I'm kicking the door closed behind them and saying, finally, I'm free. These are the people that for better or for worse, we have some sadness around and some grief around and some longing and some bargaining. And what if this would have happened? And what if they said this? Or what if this If this event went this way, then maybe we could still be friends. Maybe we could still be lovers. Maybe we could still, you know, go to family gatherings together. All that is what happens with the type of relationships that I'm talking about today. And so I just want to honor and say that it's okay for you to have these conflicting feelings. You can have relief and also have longing at the same time. But point number three in allowing these people who want to leave you leave is remembering that there's more love available for you. So I think that is in the top two or three, like maybe it's top two and not number two, (laughs) but it's definitely in the top three reasons why these type of situations are hard because you wonder if you could ever get or will you ever get something that was as good as what you had before. Will there be anything that meets the same standards, even if there was some problems that came with it? And especially if it's a situation where it is a misunderstanding or it is something that you feel like there could be compromise on for something that was otherwise a very good connection, but they have chosen or life has chosen that this relationship cannot continue. That that feeling, and I don't know why, but in me, while I'm talking about it, to me, is it's tugging on the wound of either abandonment or rejection. Like that that wound for those of us who might be able to relate to this to where when something is taken from you, you don't have this sense of abundance of, well, there's just another one coming, right? Or there's already another one here. Like I'm never going to be in lack. But kind of having that either poverty mentality or that lack mentality because things have been taken from you before and there hasn't been a ready replacement. Or if there was a replacement, it wasn't as good as it was before. You had to work for it. You had to fight for it and it didn't come easy to you. So when you lose something that's good, there's this automatic fear of will something good happen for me again? And will I have to kind of take the crumbs of it? And so sometimes that might be the thing that drives you to try to make a resolution and make it better and not let something go that you need to let go. But, you know, I posted a quote on Instagram today that came from Danielle Fisher. And Danielle Fisher is the woman who played Topanga for us 90s babies, us 90s kids up in the house from Boy Meets World. And she was in an interview and she was talking about this advice that her grandmother gave her. And the quote says something to the effect, I'm probably going to paraphrase it, but something to the effect of, if you spend your time in relationships with the wrong people, 
how are you going to be free to find the right ones? And that is so common for what many of us do. We keep people around. We keep situations around out of comfort, out of fear, out of habit, because we've already done too much time with them. And so that sunken cost fallacy of, you know, if I leave now, I'm going to lose 10 years of my life. I'm going to lose 11 years of my life. I'm going to lose 17 years of my life, not realizing that these last years have not really given anything to you. And so you're going to, you're going to commit to the rest of the time you have to be in misery instead of having the opportunity to find what actually does work for you. Instead of giving yourself the, the freedom to be happy, the, the chance to be happy and the chance to find people who deserve you in the way that you deserve them. So in short, if you find that you're in relationships with people with who actually are saying that they are ready to leave you, that they need to do no contact with you, break up with you, that they don't want to talk to you anymore, that they are going ghost, that they rather spend time with other people and their friendships with them, that whatever it may be, I want you to know that more love is available for you, that the ability to have love and receive love and be connected to love is not wrapped up in one person. I want you to know that it's okay to, for you to de-deify a person and know that the world is bigger and more abundant and love is big and abundant and you're making space for those who are ready to give that to you. Which goes to number four. The fourth thing for you to keep in mind when it comes to allowing those people who want to leave you to leave you is... I really want to encourage you to take the lesson that comes with this. So, you know, again, I think when it comes to those of us who are very self-aware and those of us who are in this healing process, that sometimes as we grow in our confidence, so as we shift from being people who are very codependent and people pleasing and like, maybe this was my fault or, you know, maybe I could have done something different. And I know this is not everybody's path. Some people come into this work not actually being people pleasers, but actually needing to learn how to practice a little bit of humility, learning how to practice a little bit more openness and the possibility that maybe you are not always right. Maybe there is something for you to learn and grow from. Maybe there, maybe there is something that you could have done differently and that's your path. So I got to, I got to be better sometimes about <laughs> not thinking that everybody who listens to this are people who have to learn how to have their voice. Some people are really good at their voice and they have to learn how to have a little bit of a filter and learn how to see things from other people's perspectives. So whatever side you're on, whether or not it's that part and you need to learn how to take a lesson or if you're someone who's codependent. And so what I was about to say for y'all is to not go into victim stance. So it's very easy for you to be like, I'm always the problem. I'm always causing, causing issues. And it's, I'm not good enough. And when you go into that victim stance, you lose the opportunity to grow because the victim stance is all about you believing that you're perpetually broken and that there's no redeeming you. But when you're coming from a place of self-awareness and confidence and, and openness and growth, then you can be able to see, oh, this is something that I could have done differently, but not have to shit on yourself, not have to completely tear yourself down to be able to get to that place, to realize that you're still a redeeming, redeemable, loving person, even if you may have made a mistake. 
And so, but here's the thing. When I talk about taking a lesson from this, sometimes the lesson, well, let me go through the different kinds of lessons. The first lesson can be, do you need to raise your standards in relationships? Is this a situation where someone has chosen to leave you? And if you were a little bit more choosy in who and what you allowed around you when it came to your standards, maybe this was a relationship that could have been avoided if you would have chosen no to no to choose a little bit differently or to add something else to your list of expectations when it came to relationships. So is this a lesson around upping your standards or changing your standards? Is this a lesson around that you do need to learn how to be a better partner or friend? So going back to the possibility that this person who's choosing to leave you, are they choosing to leave or create distance or go into no contact or break up with you or whatever for a reason? Is there something that maybe you can take from this to to learn from? And can you be at a place again to where you don't go completely into a victim stance and say, oh, woe is me, I'm such a horrible person and spend all this time, you know, commiserating your sadness and then you never actually grow, you know? Can you take that with strength? Can you, is there a lesson around, did you learn something else about what you need or want that you didn't know before? And so not necessarily that your standards need to change, but that it's maybe you chose someone who complemented your standards, but you need something different when it comes to communication. You need to be in relationships with people, friendship, romantic or otherwise, who can talk through conflict. You know, that was something that I had to add to my list down the road because I would either meet people who would avoid conflict or people who would make up their minds in their head about what happened or what they thought and not talk to me about it and just have a whole conversation within and then, you know, decide that it was over or talk to other people about it and not really give a chance to to clear the air, to to come as two adults to work things out, to agree to disagree, to teach the other person what it is that you need to be loved in the friendship or in the romantic partnership. So I had to, I was meeting really great people, but they didn't know how to communicate when it came to conflict. So I had to add that to my list. I had to be like, okay, no more people <laughs> who don't know how to talk. <laughs> and they could be really lovely people. But now when I see that, I'm like, we may be really great associates, but as far as my inner circle, because I know humans are going to human and I know life is going to life and I know that miscommunications are going to happen and I know that I'm not perfect and I might misinterpret something or you may misinterpret something. I need to know that whatever goes down, we can work it out. And um, even if it's hard, that we can move through it. And so is it that you need to add something that you need or that you want to to your list of of what works in relationships for you? And the last lesson that it could also possibly be is, is it possible that this just sucks and this is part of the risk that comes when you let people in and when you love them? That sometimes relationships work out. Sometimes relationships come and they stay for a lifetime. Sometimes they come and they stay for a season. And sometimes they come and they stay for a season and then there's a little drifting and then they come back together. So with that, If that's the case, that this is just life lifing, which I guess that could be the case for any of the circumstances. But let's just say that when you like think about it, you try to journal about it, you talk to your therapist about it. It's it's the only conclusion that you can come to. If that is the case, can you pull 
the lessons and the gifts from this? Can you look at what this relationship gave you while it was present as this person is exiting or has already exited? Can you look at the gifts that this person gave you at the same time that you're working through the grief of it, at the same time you're working through the sadness of it dissipating and and it no longer being what it used to be before? So that is it for today's episode. Again, I hope this comes at the right time for those who may need it. And if this is not the right time for you, that you can bookmark it and know that it's available for you if this ever happens to you in the future or send it to someone who may be going through something like this. These are the types of situations that unfortunately, to to piggyback off the last point that If you are moving closer to people and if you're allowing people in and if you are growing in this area and being more vulnerable and being more intimate, unfortunately, there will be relationships that end in this way. It won't always be you choosing to do the leaving. Sometimes other people will choose to leave you or life circumstances will remove them from your life. And this is part of what happens. And so you may need to be at a place where you're trying to figure out, is it worth it? So. This is a very sharp segue, but it's connected to it. This this October, I am planning on having two workshops and they're going to be modeled off the Healed and Love Women retreat, but they're going to be one day, full day workshops. And I've decided that I want to go to Chicago and Charlotte. So people who are in the Midwest who've been wanting to come to an event and you've been hoping that there would be a, a closer location, people on the East Coast. That is the location for y'all as well, even though I know people have come in from, from all over. But I wanted to be able to bring that intensive experience to those who haven't been able to make it yet, either because of the distance or because the workshops are multi-days. So for one day, both Charlotte and Chicago, I'll be doing a one-day workshop. And one of the things that I'm really going to be focused on is helping those of us who are afraid of falling in love, either for the first time or again. So whether or not it is breakups that really have you stuck and stifled, whether or not you're afraid of putting yourself out there, whether or not you're afraid of trusting other people, whether or not you're afraid of trusting yourself. One of the sessions, we're going to really go deep into that. And what does it look like? to heal from that? What is it that you actually do to work through that? Um, And then, of course, doing our Q&As around that situation or the situations that you are coming with to work through that. So that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about. And I just wanted to put that here for those who may be interested. The link is not up yet, but it will be up, but they will be in October. So if you're not already on our mailing list, that is the way to make sure that you do not miss it. You can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash list to be added to that list. And that is something that you have been wanting to work on. And if Chicago or Charlotte, North Carolina are places that are more accessible to you, I would love to see you there. I would love to go deeper with you in those cities to talk about that. And of course, you know, we'll be posting about it on social media as well. But I know that sometimes algorithms and stuff play people. So make sure that you turn on notifications. I know people say that all the time. But for the people who I don't want to miss stuff, I for sure have notifications up. (laughs) I got notifications up on YouTube. I got notifications up on um, Instagram and TikTok because, you know, these are the people who I feel like really pour into my life. And whenever they share something, I want to make sure that I have access to that. So for those of you who didn't know that you can do that, that you can set notifications so that you don't ever have to worry about, 
I didn't get this email or I didn't see the post or I missed out or can you squeeze in a few more spots? I don't want that to be you. So blackgirlsheal.org slash list is how you can add yourself to the list to make sure that you don't miss it because, you know, there will be, as always, limited spots to make sure that I can actually go around the room and talk to every single person, look in your eyes, answer your questions and make sure that you leave with what you came for. That's one of the things that if you come to an event, you you y'all hear me say that every time. What else do you need? What else did you come with hopes and expectations for? What other questions can I answer for you? What other support can I give you? And so I want to make sure that I can do that in Charlotte and in Chicago in the next couple of, well, in October. October is when I'm planning on doing it because that's in between our Portugal intensive, which is going to be an even smaller cohort of women (laughs) that we're going to like go deep and cry and laugh and celebrate and party and maybe drink a little bit for a few days in Portugal. And then the workshops in October and then our reunion trip for women who are in recovery school alumni or retreat alumni. We're going to be going to Mexico and then your girl is breaking. I'm taking a break. That's a whole lot of travel, but I want to be able to come to those, to y'all who cannot come to Houston. So blackgirlshill.org slash list. Okay. So that is it for today, y'all. I'm sending you all so much love as always. And I hope for anyone who has had a hurting heart, I hope that this has helped you bring some resolution to it and feel a little bit more better, feel a little bit better about around the circumstances. So that's it for today. And I will see you in our next episode. Take care of yourselves.